0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Who are the winners and losers in the world of pickup trucks?
2: Andre, some will rise and some will fall.
1: On this episode of TFL Talking Trucks podcast, we are looking back at 2022 right. and looking forward to 2023. And we're not really talking about pickup trucks, about how they drive, but really looking at the industry, right? And, and seeing, um, according to our opinion, who are the winners and who are the losers? Exacto mundo.
2: Now, in many cases, automakers don't have a lot to offer. So we're going to find the positives and negatives based on a particular vehicle as well. So, Bear in mind that we're not here just to find something wrong with these automakers. In many cases, there are some glaring points that we've noticed based on our experience over the past year.
1: And it could be based on uh, the number of trucks they sell. Yes. It could be based on a feature or lack of feature. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of positive news as well. Indeed. And we have
2: a lot of positive future news, but let's start off with the most positive thing ever.
1: Yes. Our supporters, you guys. Patreons. Yes. Thank you for your support as always. We have three people who recently supported us at patreon.com slash TFL car. Why is it TFL car? It's
2: the only one we have.
1: Yes. It's, it's, I created that nine years ago and back then we barely had truck.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was so. like truck was in its early stages.
1: Yeah. So uh, Ben Furco I'm sorry, Ben, if I mispronounced your last name. Uh, Michael Kimbrell Jr. and Anthony Pena uh, supported us over the last couple days. Thank you very much for your support. We appreciate your support, guys. Without you, we could not be doing what we're doing right now. And we also have um, uh, one comment from... And I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce your name. Ognain Ivanovich. Um, Ogney uh, says that uh, he's enjoying uh, a lot of our videos. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, and he also says we should bring back the ORI score, the Off-Road Index score.
2: I think that's a fantastic idea, and I think we're also going to update it.
1: Yeah, so here's what I want to do. And this is just something internally to TFL Truck and TFL. Uh-huh. Um, we, every year we do uh, competition for, for pickups. That's right. And also some cars as mm-hmm. well. But I care about pickups, so I'm going to talk about trucks. Okay. <laughs> so we call it the most recent iteration of that. We used to call it Gold Hitch Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, part of it is the I Gauntlet. Right. But it's also now encompassing the off-road space. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're calling it TFL Top Truck uh, Awards, basically. And uh, this is huge. And off-road, we have a huge off-road category. There is a lot of off-road vehicles in it. Uh, for this upcoming year, more and more every year. Yeah, uh, we're focusing on pickups, but also some full-size SUVs.
2: Right. So we're not doing uh, side by sides and stuff like that. That's that's a whole different thing. Maybe or crossovers? That, no crossovers uh, in no, this. No crossovers in this in this particular thing.
1: Yeah. So so um, thank you for your comment. And yes, ORI score is basically was a numeric. Uh, th- um, category. And off-road index. Off-road index that we've created, judging the skid plates, the ground clearance, the approach departure angles, and actually scoring them mm-hmm. and comparing trucks. Um, and some vehicles were doing really, really great. Like the Bronco just blows past that scale and gets like a 100 points almost. Well, so, so does Wrangler. Yeah. But of course, some trucks don't. Right. So we'll continue using that.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I, as I said, I think there'll be a couple of modifications in the future. So. Great question. Yes, we will be using that again.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm trying to see. So Michael didn't have a question. And I wanted Don. to mention something about the um, yeah.
2: the whole O R I thing. Now that we have tumbleweed ranch, which is an area we can reuse again and again, and other than snow or rain, pretty much all the terrain is the same thing every time we use it. That's another great way for us to judge these vehicles because we can replay the same obstacles each and every time on all of these vehicles. And that gives us a much more informed perspective on these vehicles.
1: Yeah, and we can also do this for crossovers and some light vehicles as well, passenger cars. Uh, for example, Andre's pit mm. is a little bit easier than our uh, back course, basically.
2: Yeah, and Nathan's crack just gets greasy and nasty sometimes. Woo! That's an and obstacle.
1: That's an obstacle name.
2: It is indeed, and I also wanted to point out that uh, Russian vans that are in the shape of a bread loaf, yes, can get damaged on these courses as well.
1: Yeah, so this is serious stuff. Where, we're, uh, recently, we published the Buhanka off-road video, mm-hmm. uh, which I did bend part of the uh, fender body. I feel body. Really bad for you, but 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 you know what? Mm-hmm. I actually was kind of easy on it. I mean, it was not as hurtful. To see that part bent because it's an older, off-road, tough vehicle. So I'm like, I bent it. Okay, so what? Yeah, yeah. It's an off-road truck. It should be able to, you know, take a small bend or take a small scratch and, and keep moving.
2: I, I, I think that's the right attitude to have. I just also think it's a little bit on the funny side. But more importantly, that video is floating around. Is that on TFL Off-Road? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I do recommend uh, seeing that. Or go to altfl.com to find it as well.
1: So how about this? Um, How about we go in alphabetical order, uh, basically on manufacturers who are building and selling pickups in the United States, Mm -hmm. um, and just talk about winners and losers. Is the first one Chevrolet?
2: It is, but before we get started, just one quick thing. We did a very similar type of thing over on uh, uh, TFL Talk for cars. So that list was done with Roman and I, and that you should be able to find right away. And I wanted you to know about that because... There is some, and pardon the term, crossover from time to time that could occur. So what we decided to do is just feature pickup trucks, and we will be talking about some SUVs as well as honorable mentions, but we're not spotlighting those. I just wanted to throw that out there so they knew in advance.
1: So you're talking about kind of a hybrid of uh, a topic, No, that was a bad joke. I'm sorry.
2: Well, you did a okay.
1: Well, you're talking about crossovers.
2: I am talking about well, no, I'm not. That's the point. (laughs) I'm not. I don't want to confuse you guys. We're not talking about crossovers, not really. Okay. Uh, But but we'll get to that point in a second. Okay. First of all, let's talk about Chevrolet. Chevrolet has the Silverado and the Colorado. Those are the two main trucks that we've had some experience with. And I got to tell you right now, just based on looks alone and what I'm seeing on paper. The Chevy Colorado has already blown my mind.
1: Are you talking about the upcoming one? Yes, yes. This one.
2: Yeah, that one, exactly. That one is, and what a handsome devil that is right next to that thing. Uh, For those of you who aren't looking, it's a picture of me next to the truck. Um, I love the design. I love the powertrain choices, personally speaking. I still think that the base model WT version is really cool looking and still unique, what Chevrolet has done is they've taken what was kind of a murky area for them when they were comparing trucks against, let's say, the Ford Ranger, and now I think they've built something that could be a serious contender for being best in class. Now, I have not driven one. Uh, haven't well, even
1: s- n- nobody has driven the next generation um, Colorado yet. No,
2: but I can say this. Previous generation Colorado was already outstanding, especially the ZR2 model. Funny, I I prefer the ZR2 over the Bison, just because the Bison's a lot heavier, as cool as it is, Um, but these upgrades, I'm I'm just terribly excited about that. So I wanted to throw that out there. As it is, Chevy Silverado, already a solid truck, especially with the diesel engine, still my favorite powertrain, Uh, and those are my choices.
1: Yes, so here's where I am. By the way, uh, we're, we're recording this, this is December 15th. Um, and they just announced or just published the online configurator for the new Colorado. So ah. if you're curious about the 2023 next-generation Chevy Colorado, which is actually, it's been long in a tooth. The current generation has been.
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's about a year past its due uh, like date. So,
1: so um, now you can go and build and configure and look at options, look at pricing. The work truck you mentioned, right, mm-hmm. in two-wheel drive starts at 30695 this is according to their configurator, and it comes with a lower p- ho- output rating. Right. 200. But it
2: also comes with a, as a four-door model. There's no yes. two-door. There's
1: no, there's no smaller cab, no extended cab, no two-door. Um, and so here's where I am on the new Colorado. Okay. I, I think it's a winner in a lot of spaces mm-hmm. because it's also introducing us to their actually tried-and-true turbocharged engine, which already exists in the Silverado. Right. It's introducing us to that, and that it's going to be using that engine. Uh, but also, you know, the price is higher because there is no smaller cab. There is no longer bed. So it's really interesting. So in my mind, it spans the winner and the loser category because, uh, yes, we'll wait to drive it to see exactly how it performs, but it, they killed the diesel. They killed the V6. There is no more manual. And a lot of you, I know if you're listening and watching this, you might be saying, where... Are, We want some of those simple things, you know, maybe a manual transmission, maybe a simple engine, you know, that type of stuff.
2: Well, they base what they do on the return on their investment from the previous years. And seeing that not many of you bought the manual, seeing that not many of you wanted a smaller cab, they're kind of putting all their eggs in one basket and saying, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to simplify things. Remember, for them not having to do secondary stampings and everything else makes it less expensive for them. So the return should eventually come back to you, the customer. As such, I would say that this is a logical step. I'm not necessarily for it. I would prefer a larger bed at the very least as Mm -hmm. an option. But, you know, keep in mind, that means that they only have to deal with one frame. That means they only have to deal with one bed, one cab, one hood. You know, all these things, it does make it a lot less expensive in the long run for Chevrolet, so that makes a ton of sense.
1: So in my mind the new Colorado is both a winner and a loser, and it will shift to a winning category if they can beat to the market the new Ranger and the new Tacoma, which I think they will. So if they do that... They'll beat the new Tacoma for sure. Yeah, if it comes out in early 2023 like they promise, I think it could be a winner because it has a first-mover advantage in the new generation. I would agree with you. All right, Silverado. Can we mention Silverado just briefly? Yeah,
2: yeah, as I already Uh, mentioned.
1: uh, Yeah, so here's a Silverado. For 2023, they've just updated their diesel engine, Mm -hmm. the 3-liter LZ0 code um, Duramax turbo. Mm -hmm. They've updated their 2.7. We already talked about that engine. It's a four-cylinder gas turbo. Um, And I think those are winners, because, uh, here, here no, are I, I'm like, agreeing with are you. Are you agreeing? Yeah, oh agree. Yeah. Uh, because nobody else, the F-150 discontinued their diesel. Yep. The Ram is about to discontinue their diesel. Correct. Um, and I think they're winning because people like choice, and they're still offering diesel engines and uh, more affordable turbocharged engines as well.
2: And they still got the big honk in 454.
1: What? they what? got a
2: big engine that's available in the ZR2. 454? Is that
1: 454?
2: No, that's a 390. What oh. is that?
1: Well, it's a 6.2 liter. What is that? Do, do you want me to convert it?
2: No, that would be a 7.0. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. What is okay. That? It's not a 454. Six. I'm thinking of the old SS. Anyway.
1: I think you just went to the SS days.
2: Yeah, I did. The, um, what I'm referring to, sorry, guys, is the um, chunky, powerful, absolutely mind-boggling powertrain that they have inside of the ZR2, which is the only one that's available The mind-boggling part is why don't they have the diesel available? Because I believe the torque numbers are pretty damn close.
1: Yeah. And um, so 6.2 liters, 62 cubic centimeters, is the same as 378 cubic inches. But but people don't (laughs) use cubic inches as much. Like Jeep 392. Everybody knows that. Yeah. It's a 6.4 liter, right? Right. Um, And, you know, the SRT vehicles. But... Uh, I haven't heard pe- many people use cubic inches. I'm glad we're not hanging on inches. this
2: too much either in the conversation because... What, what do you
1: say? Uh, how about we publish a poll?
2: <laughs> not only did Nathan somehow have a mind slip all the way back to old Chevy SS days, but uh, what do you guys think about using cubic inches versus leaders? <laughs> they converted to leaders years and years ago. Most of us are just kind of just, yeah, okay, you know, we're there. Um, but I did want to say that the Chevy Silverado ZR2 might be one of the finest trucks of this past year. I really like it. I know, I know, I know that the Raptor R and all these other things came out. I just think that it's such a logical truck for people who like to do the type of off-roading that I like to do, which isn't necessarily just flying over the desert at 100 miles per hour, but also going over some difficult obstacles and also having something that's not necessarily too wide. So I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: Yeah, and... Um... Should we just mention GMC along the same way? Oh, no, it's alphabetic order.
2: (laughs) It's alphabetical order. GMC is there, but you could just... I want to
1: bring up the heavy duty just really quick. So let's touch on GMC because they're basically cousins, right? They're they're, they're the same powertrains, um, just dressed in different clothing outside and also inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, the new heavy duties are coming out next year. Um, They're calling them 2024s. Both the Silverado HD and the Sierra HDs as well. Uh, But we, I mean, I saw them in person, Mm -hmm. uh, but we obviously haven't driven them. So are they winners? So here's one winning part. Okay. The new gas V8, the 6.6 liter heavy duty engine. um, They're removing the old six speed automatic and they're adding the 10 speed Allison branded transmission. That should help efficiency. and also probably take off because the gearing is better. Yep. So I think that's a winner right there. Okay. Bam. Also, they upped their torque numbers and horsepower numbers on their Duramax diesels mm-hmm. for the big V8s. Bam, another winner. Yes. But are they class leading in a lot of those numbers? No. So I would put it as a winner, though. I mean, plus they they want to be early to the market, which I really appreciate that as well.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we will be testing either the GMC or the Chevrolet version of this truck, in the near future with the Ike Gauntlet.
1: Yeah, well, this is part of our top truck awards and competition at TFL, and you can bet I'm already talking to GM about this.
2: All right, so um, with that said, let's move on to Ford. Okay. Uh, A lot to be offered with Ford, and I I can immediately pick the loser. And then the winner you may not agree with but that doesn't matter to me
1: do you want to start with loser let's start loser
2: ford ranger what should have been refreshed hasn't been okay it's too late too long too many people have been waiting sales have dropped through the floor and the reason why they've dropped through the floor part of the reason is because of the winner ford maverick
1: yeah, so I, I second this. So, what I'm looking at right now in front of us, and you may see this on the screen as well, is that the Ranger sales um, in November decreased 68.9%. And they decreased year to date as well by a considerable margin. Um, they sold 52,000 trucks this year. Um, there could be many reasons for this. Obviously, Ford may not tell us, you know, it's their business, right? So, right. it may be a choice. Uh, you know, maybe they want to build more Broncos. Maybe they... Uh, that I hear is part of it. Maybe there are other op, uh, ch- uh, decisions that have to do with this. But the bottom line is they're losing sales. They're losing market share. Um, Tacoma is still growing. Uh, and others like the Col- New Colorado is coming. Yes. So,
2: and the Frontier is getting, uh, coming on pretty strong. Yeah, so. and
1: the Frontier. We don't have the latest numbers on the sales on the Frontier, but we'll mention Frontier in, in a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I would agree with you. The Ranger is a loser, in several different ways, and I cannot wait until the next gen. Uh,
2: Agreed 100%. And, you know, look, if you have a Ranger, I'm not trying to put it down. I think they're great little trucks. But the problem is, is that Ford, they always seem to kind of put the Ranger in the back. You know what I mean? When it first came out, there were almost no social media engagements on it. There was almost, you know, like I didn't see any billboards, very few commercials of any. They just didn't seem to promote it. And it's almost like it was an unwanted bastard child or something like that. And to a lot of insiders, that is exactly the case because they didn't want it to cannibalize some of the F-Series sales, which it may have. Then the Maverick comes out. And the Maverick is, in many ways, the car or the truck of today. And yes, I said car or truck because some of you guys don't really consider a truck fine. It is an extraordinary vehicle with a great range of choices that has just recently grown And we actually get a chance to sample that in the very, very near future. But, I mean, think about it. A vehicle in the low 20s that'll give you, you know, yeah, okay, front-wheel drive, but a super, super excellent performance in terms of MPG. And it can haul and it can tow a little bit. And it's just a great utility little pickup. And so many people are lining up. I mean, you can't buy one right now because they're absolutely sold out. And one of the many reasons why I couldn't even get one. It's just wasn't something that could be had within a year at this point.
1: Yeah, and it really created a new segment in the United States. We call it compact pickup. Yep. So the form factor is smaller. Uh, We have a video coming up on TFL truck uh, about this. Um, So stay tuned uh, for that because I compared the new Maverick Tremor. Mm -hmm. They also have the off-road version of that. Yes. Um, Against the Tacoma. And Tacoma is really not a big truck, at least the current version. But when you put a Tacoma next to the Maverick, the Tacoma dwarfs the Maverick. Oh, it Maverick.
2: looks like it's going to like hit it or something like that out yes, of Yes, the
1: Tacoma is taller, wider... It's just a big and, ...and longer. Yeah. Right.
2: But remember what you're dealing with. And, you know, something that still can hold five people fairly comfortably, can easily hold a small family, and it has a real bed, and it has real ability to hold stuff. It's actually a pretty impressive
1: vehicle. Uh, agreed. And, uh, and we're hearing... Uh, I don't know if you guys are hearing, but we're hearing some uh, V8 noises yeah, in the background. Yeah, that's
2: that's the Corvette being pulled out of the garage, which is directly adjacent to where we are, and uh, that is Case, who doesn't know we're recording right now, and he's and about Tommy. to. Tommy. And Tommy, and they're going to go up uh, and to the racetrack and race um, Corvette against Corvette.
1: Yeah, this is C4 versus C5. So stay tuned for but that. But that's car
2: stuff, dude. This is the truck thing. I don't well, know. Well, I we're...
1: wanted to mention TFL Classics All right. because it's on fire. So it check is out t- TFL Classics. Check Tommy's it
2: out. done a fantastic job with that. With Brendan, one of our newest cast members, I should say. Yes. All right. So I thought you
1: were going to say, "Call him Cat."
2: I should have. Uh, okay. A, a cool cat. He's he, a cool cat. He's a pretty cool cat. He, he buys old, used, junky so cars. Can, often.
1: I, can I mention one more thing about the Maverick? Please do. R- really quick. Um, so it's it's super successful. Obviously, it's selling in great numbers. Uh, yeah. Um, it's now almost. I think it's outselling the Ranger already. I mean, it's it's getting there. I mean, for overall annual numbers, Mm -hmm. which is, which is incredible. Um, but, but you have to be mindful, right? Um, when you get inside the Maverick, um, some of the materials are kind of hard plastics. Um, so don't expect this, you know, luxurious, in, you know, plush interior because it's it's a budget-minded vehicle.
2: Exactly. Well, the Ranger is nicer. Obviously, the F-150 is nicer if you get, like, mid-trims if you compare all three of them. Yeah. Um, this is a vehicle built for people who are on a budget, but at the same time, even though it is built to a price, I think is a way to put it, it's very logical. The interior design... The stuff they did, at first it looks like, oh, they're trying to be artistic. No, everything there makes sense. It's actually pretty impressive. I would say my only issue with the interior, other than seat comfort, and that's just me. Andre, you're comfortable in it. I am. um, Is the uh, infotainment system. Very small screen. It has a peculiar angle to it that some say is good for uh, defeating glare, but it's hard for me to see. So that's really my only major issue with the interior. Great little vehicle.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, as long as you go in, if you want a Maverick, as long as you understand that it's budget-minded, which a lot of people prefer, Yeah, uh, the top-of-the-line Lariat Tremor that we have is about 38000 But if you remove some of the options from that... Um, including the Tremor package, you're with the turbocharged engine, and all-wheel drive. You're near 33, 34 grand. It's a, yeah,
2: I would say 34 is a fair, you know, fair place to be. And it which was, is a
1: lot of vehicle, actually. It's a lot
2: of vehicle for the money. Just a hair out of my little bracket for what I was buying, by the way. Uh-huh. But still, a hell of a bargain if you look at what else is out there and what you can afford.
1: Yes. So should we move on to F Series?
2: Yeah, let's talk about the F Series real quick.
1: Yep. Uh, well, there is one, of course, huge news in this world. The Raptor R um, is, you know, made its debut. We had a first drive. They're not quite reaching customers yet. Um, I know my buddy Thomas, who lives in Denver, uh, is one of the earliest uh, order holders on the uh-huh. Raptor R. And I think, Thomas, maybe let me know um, in the comments below if you have already received yours, but there was some, some sort of a hold. Um, maybe component shortage or something else happening. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But it's one heck of a vehicle, dude. I remember
2: you coming back from the event, and (laughs) you just... It was as if you sucked down four Red Bulls or something like (laughs) that. You were just like... (laughs) And one of the reasons, I think, why is that we're not talking about a vehicle that is really any faster than TRX. I think they're close to being on par. Fair enough, right? Uh, Yeah. But by comparison, it's a lot lighter, so it's a bit of a dancer. And what I used to call kind of the rally car of the two is now this souped-up beast-like rally car that has...
1: That drank a lot of steroids or (laughs) injected something. Exactly. Yeah.
2: But um, there there are a lot of issues with it. One of the reasons I did not put it on this list is because its price is absolutely, you know, extraordinary. It's incredibly expensive.
1: Well, let's talk about the F-150 in general, right? Because we're talking about winners and losers here, right? So F-150... I know they've been hit by shortages, right? And and every manufacturer has been hit by a shortage. Yes. But I think, at least in my view, looking at sales numbers, it seems like Ford is one of the hardest hit in this area, um, especially when you look at, you know, all those super duties waiting um, outside the factory and all the F-150s right. waiting.
2: They're, they're hit by... They're not... It, it's not for a lack of people buying them. It's for a lack of people being able to get them. So that's yeah. that's where their issue is right now. And it's just, yeah, it's a part shortage. Uh,
1: and the other thing is, there's still a lot of choice. They yep. offer the V8 still, of course. They have several EcoBoost engine options. They have a hybrid. They have the new, you know, the truck I have, right? Yeah. Uh, or had, actually. Is it gone? Uh, well, when you're listening to this on Friday, the auction ended yesterday. Yeah. So uh, TFL Bids, by the way, is uh, growing Uh, tflbids.com check it out because we have some affordable vehicles uh there is going to be a dakota on sale there Mm -hmm. as well so check it out it's a Uh, really 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 clean dakota i couldn't believe how clean this dakota i think it's 2001
2: yeah but i mean it looks like it came out of the showroom it it, i mean like within a a month ago or so it's 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 remarkable
1: and here if you want to sell your pickup truck or an suv or something else uh, please check out tflbids.com. One of the strengths of that auction site, which belongs to TFL, mm-hmm. is Speed. Yep. Fast. It's in the name. Uh, we can list it just w- within a few days. You'll be up there. You'll be getting bids right there.
2: Indeed. So don't forget, and you can find it also, I believe it's connected to TFL, right? Yes,
1: AllTFL.com. There you go. So I just wanted to say that in technology and choice, F-150 is a winner in my mind. You know, they have Lots different of choices, different more than anybody trains. else. Yeah. Um, you know, the hybrid is very strong. I was thinking about this because the Toyota Tundra also has a hybrid. Right. But the Tundra hybrid is almost, in my mind, too performance-minded. They, they focused a lot on torque and power and almost not, not as much on efficiency. And I wish they did. I, like,
2: I, I would agree. And we will get to the, the Tundra eventually. Um, the other thing is, is that the utili- the utility of the hybrid in the Ford series uh, F, uh, I can't speak today in the Ford F series is amazing the fact that you can actually go and power a campsite or a worksite using that vehicle as a generator it's just a fantastic idea and the fact that Toyota didn't do that I think was a completely missed opportunity I'm not saying it was easy but look they both have batteries right and so perhaps they could have found a way to make it happen for Toyota and I really do think that they blew it and they should have done it so your truck, former truck I should say, um was one of the most utilitarian vehicles you can buy,
1: period. I I'm I'm sad it's gone. Yeah, Seriously. I am too actually. So a lot of you asked me um on email and, and messages and comments why I'm selling. And and really I wanna experience more vehicle ownership. And and it sounds like self-centered and it sounds you know kind of weird to say
2: i would say if you weren't working at <laughs> one of the most popular truck uh channels on youtube and and a pretty damn huge following on our websites yeah okay it would sound a little self-centered but you are and you are the one who runs it well, well thank you and, but, but the, the bottom yeah. line is, is that we do need new blood and so andre is willing to take that chance and get something completely different i'm not going to give you any hints
1: um but I, I, it's not a done deal yet that's why i'm not talking about yeah next yeah vehicle. I, I, I totally get you a lot of people said it's the Buhanka.
2: well yeah well i already uh, have it yeah already it. Already already has it. Yeah. So. but, but the, the point is is that whenever we you know you notice this even with as trucks we love like the trx we adored it still had to move on we still had to get something else and regrettably or for some people awesomely yeah we got the gmc hummer at, as a trade sort of and yeah um,
1: Mm. Well, the Hummer didn't really... We should talk about the Hummer next, actually. Okay. Because it is a GMC, but we kind of skipped it. Yeah, and it's, uh,
2: but it's not really a truck. But I guess <laughs> the, mm. <laughs> All right,
1: let's finish up with the F-Series really quick. Yeah. I, I think it's a winner in many s- sections. Uh, the sales are down, but because of, really, supply. Uh, not because the, the truck is actually not selling. I, I agree with you, so. but I
2: still think that the Maverick is an even bigger winner, considering yeah. what they've done with it over the course of a year.
1: The new Super Duty is coming. Yes. So we, we need to mention that really quick before we move on. Uh, we haven't driven it, obviously, but um, it, I was really skeptical. They said it was all new when, before I went to the event. And I, I poked and prodded really carefully because I wanted to know everything that they changed. And after leaving and seeing the truck, they ch- changed almost everything other than the frame, really.
2: The numbers are nuts.
1: Yes, up to 40,000 pounds of towing, 8,000 pounds of payload, Insane. Uh, and they went to great lengths. It's just, I mean, let's not talk about the extremes, right? Um, maybe two people will tow 40,000 with this truck, um, <laughs> but most people will tow 30, yes. I would say, because if you're buying a dually, you're, you, maybe it's your business, right? You're carrying construction equipment. Maybe you're carrying vehicles as a hotshotter. Or right? Livestock. Livestock, you need – or carrying hay. Like we met uh, uh, one of the owners of Ram Trucks who uses his trucks to haul hay. And every pound matters. Yes. So – and it has a new face. I'm not sold on the styling.
2: I like the styling better on the Dually than I do on the uh, single – you know what I mean? Yeah, on like, a single like, rear like, yeah, Go, row. go yeah. back to, go to the dually.
1: Oh, you want you, you yeah, like the that. wide shoulders?
2: I like the wide shoulders. I like the, the, the way they did the flat front end. All of that. I, it really does look like a proper update.
1: So, yeah, and they changed the interior. They changed the technology, towing. Um, they did uh, change how the hitches mount mounted to the frame. So they touched some of those points. Yep. Um, and they upped the engines. Now, the high output diesel, of course, is there. So I think it's going to be a winner. It's already popular. And when, when they opened the order books on this, they um, reported Ford reported 50,000 orders within like a first week. jeez. so and these are orders, not like just dealership right. uh, inventory. And
2: this is part of what makes the F series such a popular vehicle. You go all the way down from the base model F150 all the way up to these. yeah, they're, they're hot sellers and for good reason. Let's move on though to uh, GMC real quick. We just cut co- we already covered the uh, Sierra basically. Sierras yeah. Okay, real quick word about the Hummer. Um, yes. a, a lot of people out there i have already received a few emails. Yeah. Like, dude, you just hate it. And yeah, I do. But m- more <laughs> importantly, it's not because of it's a, it's a Hummer, nor does it have anything to do with its looks. I actually think it looks fantastic. It, it, the, the street presence of this thing is extraordinary. I love the way it looks. And it is, in some ways, the future of General Motors for off-roading electric vehicles. But... It weighs, right now, over 9,400 pounds, and we just put larger tires Which on. weigh more? <laughs> Which weigh more, so it's, it's probably over 9,500 pounds at this point. Now, think about that, how much that is. A power wagon is what, about 7,000 pounds?
1: Yeah, with a gas V8. With a yeah, gas V8. Exactly. So, and a dually we just looked at, uh-huh. like a Ford dually crew cab. That's about 8,200 8, pounds, maybe.
2: So that's the first problem. Second problem is that its overall design is not exactly what I consider ideal for off-roading. I like to go down pathways that regular Jeeps can go down. This thing can't go down some of those pathways. It's just too wide. And then finally, uh, some of the off-road components on it, they're not uh, what I'd like to call user-friendly.
1: There's a lot of technology that may or may not always work, depending on... Any number this is of us variables. being nice. Yes. So in my mind, the Hummer EV truck is, is both a winner and a loser. Mm-hmm. Let me explain once again. Okay. So it's a winner in style. It's I, a I agree. winner in the fact that there are showcases in our technologies. Some of which uh, is really cool. Yeah. And on thirty th- sevens, I think it looks awesome. It does. Um, it doesn't look that different to me, though. But, but and the biggest hitch, I think, is accessibility. They sold over the last, what, 11 months, 12 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have the latest Q4 final quarter data yet, but they sold under 1,000 of these in the country. And, and a lot of you, yes, uh, this is a different stratosphere on pricing, right? It's over $110,000. But a lot, of, uh, a lot of you guys emailed us and they said, I ordered my Hummer a year ago. It's still not here. And they don't have any other options. It's all edition one. It's all one price. And they all look the same. And they also, I mean, they will have more affordable versions of this truck, but they're not here yet. And I think that's why it's a loser. It's not accessible. It's not gettable for a lot of people. It's not reliable. And and it's not reliably working. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Now, we did have an update after it, it croaked on us in the street. I'm sure you heard the story. Um, and since then, it's been running okay on the streets. In fact, Roman thinks it's a fantastic... Um, well, it's comfortable. Very comfortable, yes. long-distance cruiser. And it is. It's like 330, roughly. Yeah. Probably with these new tires. <laughs> well, so we're going to do another video measuring. Yeah. <laughs> it's, measuring gonna definitely, me it's definitely going to affect it a little bit. But the point is is that, um, and its charge speed is remar- It's one of the fastest out there. But it also is very heavy. Uh, I mean, the battery itself weighs more than a Honda Accord. Um, and it's also something that is not gettable by the masses, which is something I'm always pushing. So eventually, yes, we're supposed to get more affordable versions of this out, hopefully in the near future, but General Motors hasn't done jack in terms of getting these things on the street. Very few are out there, as you just heard. Yeah. So I consider it in many ways a bit of a loser, but I'm going to stop there with that. I yeah. can just keep
1: on going. Yeah. Let's move on. What's, what's the next manufacturer?
2: And the next manufacturer, and hold on to your fudge guys. I know you're going to get angry. Honda.
1: It has a bed. It's called the Ridgeline. So let's let's talk a bit about this. Yes, it is a pickup. Yes.
2: And it actually has some pretty good numbers. Now, for the most part, I consider this a winner. But now you're wondering, what's the loser then? It's also the (laughs) Ridgeline. Because I don't have anything else that really would be in this category. Yeah. So real quickly with my thing. Yeah. uh, I almost bought one. I really did. I I really tried to work with with Honda and whatnot. I couldn't get one quite down to what I needed. Uh, Because it has the... Best interior in terms of comfort and usability and utility. It is kind of the granddaddy of these sort of car-based pickups. In this case, kind of a minivan-based pickup. Uh, we've tested the hell out of these things with the new nine-speed transmission. It's very efficient, mm-hmm. uh, very comfortable. They handle quite well. Really, one of the better ones in the class for that type of thing. Not exactly an off-roader. Um, also but it doesn't pretend to be it doesn't really. pretend it really even though they did put those tires on the um, well R- the R-
1: HPD version yeah. but they never said hey take the Rubicon Trail now no they you didn't know? say that but they're they, like you they know, said tow, go to the tow, the tow your motorcycles through the desert
2: tow your exactly Toes 5,000 pounds yeah. and we've towed we maxed it out it yeah, did just we, fine Yeah, uh, bed holds quite a bit uh, not only its overall size but it's also capability it's it's right up there with a lot of other mid-sized trucks mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of positive, but once again, it can go off-road. Um, I actually, even though the 9-speed is a fantastic transmission, I really would prefer a different type of layout for the, if it actually had a proper gear shift, you know, thing. Like it has buttons. Buttons. I don't have yeah. like buttons. Um, and also, I think that, uh, you know, this is a personal thing. I think it's just a little pricey. If they could bring it down just a small percentage, they could make it more competitive with the Maverick and the Santa Cruz, which I know are in a different class technically. But it would be great if their base model could be right up there with some of the higher-end models that the other two produce. So that way, you would have, you know, a more competitive vehicle. But I still think it's it's great. Oh, one other issue with it, yeah. even though it already had a, a just a very recent refresh, it already looks a little dated.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. But- I agree with your points, okay. but in my mind, when I look at the Ridgeline, um, it's just a winner. I know, I know because it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't is not marketed as an ultimate off-roader. No, which it's is not. and you're right. It's not marketed as the ultimate tower, which is which is really not. It's not. But it fits the need that it has. I right?
2: agree, which it's, is why I almost bought one.
1: Yeah, it's comfortable. It's nice. Um, I think they could really, update it. Really
2: good reliability numbers, too.
1: Yeah, and good sales. And I think what Honda has done, um, they've always... Well, they had a kind of a hiccup last month uh, with... Um, they dropped this, quite a bit. They dropped a little bit. Maybe it was production-related issues. I would
2: imagine that's probably the case because I actually talked directly to Honda, and they said they were having problems.
1: Um, maybe component shortages once again. But they sold almost 40,000 Ridgelines this year, not counting December. Mm-hmm. So that's better than last year. Mm-hmm. They're still improving sales. There is as long as they can build more, I think they'll sell every one of them easily. So
2: and it's it's just a good buy. Once again, I I would have owned one. I just it was just slightly above my what I wanted to pay for. So nonetheless, Really good truck, all in all, minor gripes about it. And the suspension
1: is amazing. I mean, it drives like a pilot.
2: It drives like a pilot, but it still has enough play and enough uh, suspension travel to where you could do light off-roading. Light off-roading. And it works quite well. The um, VTM-4?
1: Yes, that's what they call it.
2: Is one of the better all wheel drive systems out there. We both agree on that. Yeah. If they put,
1: you know, if they jacked it up four inches and put 37s on it, that all wheel drive system will go anywhere. Yeah, it
2: it probably could. Especially if they could make some sort of electric locker in the back, like a real one.
1: Hmm. Honda, are you listening? Well, of
2: course they are. They they hear this all the time.
1: Trail Sport. Trail Sport. They just announced Pilot. Showed pilot, trail, pilot trail
2: sport and they have passport trail sport, and yeah. they're probably going to be trail sporting the hell out of everything else. So, and, yeah,
1: and I'm looking forward to that.
2: I it would be great. A
1: small lift, even better tires, bam, done.
2: Yeah, and and, and not only is it in their wheelhouse, but I have a suspicion it will happen uh, very soon. Okay, let's Who, uh, who's next? Ne- well, another, um,
1: uh, it's it's automator. your personal <laughs> it's, uh, preference.
2: It, well, yep, it is, and that's Hyundai. Once again, only one vehicle that can be on this list because it has a bed, and that would be, of course, the Santa Cruz. For those of you who don't know, yes, I bought one. I bought an SEL um, with the naturally aspirated engine and the 8-speed automatic transmission, not the dual clutch. It's all-wheel drive. That happens to be the exact vehicle right there that he has up on the screen. Uh, So it's what... My daughter calls Yoda green, and my son calls Boba Fett green, which is ironic because they're both in the Star Wars world, and we're not getting sponsored by Disney.
1: No, um, and this is Sage green, really. It's, it's Sage green, exactly.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've had it now. I've been driving it for a little over a month, uh, but we bought it uh, almost three months ago, two and a half months ago. Long story there, but I'm sure, yeah, some some other time. We
1: went over it uh, before we in did previous, go over it. previous episodes.
2: I've used it several times as a little pickup, and it's been brilliant. It's actually a really good little vehicle, but there are problems. First of all, as many of you know, the DCT, the dual-clutch transmission, is not the most reliable product out there, and it recently had a major recall.
1: Yes, and we actually have a long-term um, turbocharged Santa Cruz with a dual-clutch transmission. Right. Um, it was... Um, re- um, So we took it into the dealer um, to handle the recall. It was reprogrammed. So right now, the solution, at least an intermediate solution, is the reprogramming the transmission. But it didn't help. I mean, the truck is working. I've been commuting in it, actually. Yeah. But the shifts are kind of a bit rough, and it's kind of delayed. You know, it has a delay in it.
2: Do you think it's to... to, to Lower the temperature because I hear oil is I, the part of the issue.
1: Yeah, I I don't know the interworkings uh, of it. I, I don't want to speak. You know. Yeah, but it's something to, we don't know that, for sure. But to that, but it's not. Uh, that's why I'm I'm actually I want to drive your truck if you ever let me uh, with an eight-speed automatic. Uh, you anytime
2: know. you want. It's just not right now because it's loaded with. My kid's furniture, she's taking a oh, break from college. Oh, oh. She's taking her home. Okay, I won't drive. drive it today. Don't drive it today. Uh, you can drive it next week. Um, right. But it's it, there, there are some issues. For one thing, it's kind of like a miniature uh, Ridgeline because it has the in-bed storage, which I really like. It's kind of on the shallow side, but that, of course, makes sense because underneath that whole thing is a spare tire. And so, okay, that's one thing. Uh, if you get the regular one like I do, like I have, it only tows 3,500 pounds. That's its max. I have so far towed 2,000 pounds. Didn't sweat it at all. And this is at high elevation. And of course, a lot of you are going to have to deal with the fact that they're actually a little bit more expensive if you go head to head with the Ford Maverick. The Ford Maverick in many ways is a much better deal, especially if you want fuel economy. This doesn't even offer Uh, a hybrid, and the irony is they totally have a hybrid powertrain.
1: In the Tucson and other vehicles.
2: And a plug-in hybrid, which are available in those vehicles. If Hyundai would put that in this, holy cow, it would be amazing.
1: So one comment, uh, Santa Cruz versus Maverick. Before we move on, Santa Cruz has a better ride. Yes, just the suspension is well sorted. It's It's like a crossover. Yeah, The Maverick is a little bit more harsher, like a pickup or a truck would be. And the interior is nicer quality, I think, in the Which Honda. is why
2: I got it, actually. Uh, my wife, when she tried both vehicles, I was seriously going to pull the trigger on the Maverick. She, she's like, I really like driving in this, and this is a much more comfortable vehicle. This is the one we should get. And I didn't even argue. Like, okay.
1: So to me, the Santa Cruz spans the winner and loser. So it's both. both. Yeah, I agree. So it has a lot of positives. But if they... They have to improve reliability of that other transmission. Or get rid of it. Or change it. Yeah, Yeah.
2: which they've done on some of their other DCTs, by the way. They've replaced some of their other DCTs with uh, regular, proper automatic transmissions. Yeah. So, yes, I agree on all of that. And uh, so we'll see what happens next year. I have a feeling Hyundai has a few surprises that they're going to spring on us with this in the near future. I hope
1: so, because they're having sales success for them with Mm -hmm. this. So I hope it gets better.
2: I'm sure it will. Gets okay, moving on.
1: Uh, what's next?
2: So next on our list is Nissan. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, now, not a whole lot to offer, but they do have a winner and a loser, and this is pretty obvious where we're going with this. So uh, they're loser and only based on the fact that they just haven't figured out how to make this thing even more affordable, which it should be, and or fix some of the minor issues it has with off-roading. Uh, The Nissan Titan, we still think it's a fabulous truck. And it's a pretty good deal because there's a lot of people who, on dealership lots, are willing to bargain on this thing.
1: Yeah. And and the XD gas version is still around Mm -hmm. in the United States. I know it was discontinued in Canada, for example. Uh, But, unfortunate. I I don't know what else to say, but it is a loser, unfortunately. Not because of what the bones are of this truck. It's really the sales. The sales
2: really hurt it. I really do wish that they had a slightly different configuration set up for the front end for off roading. One of that's one of the, like the, the the approach angle on that truck is one of the worst in its class. And although I think the tundra might be pretty close, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, but otherwise, that the the powertrain that D, the, the V eight yes hooked up to the nine speed. It's brilliant. great. It's, it's great. A really good, solid setup.
1: Maybe a little thirsty. But but really reliable as far as, you know, the gas powertrain is concerned.
2: Right. And we don't think it's going to be around for very much longer. I'm surprised that they didn't announce that it was going away now. Um, well, the
1: 2023 Titans are still out
2: there. Yeah. So if you want to pick one up, go ahead. I think you can wheel and deal on some of those, to be honest with you. But yeah, there are a couple of negatives there. For the most part, though, still a brilliant truck. But what is better...
1: Frontier, by
2: all means. Yes. What a winner! They knocked it out of the park. Really, there were very few things they could have done to make it any better than it was, considering what they had to work with. We know that Nissan, in some cases, they're on a bit of a shoe. St- oh, that's the one with the V eight. <laughs>
1: well, it's not for sale, but ah, I, I, I wanted yeah, to show yeah, that's, that's it. That's a good I'll, one. I'll I got to, to, to see
2: this up close. So, uh, anyway, the the Frontier. It's an odd duck, really, because its underpinnings. Really, were updated in some cases years ago, <laughs> but for the most part, the powertrain. Was, oh, it's about two years old now.
1: Yeah, so the, they did. So it is reliable. Mm. Uh, well, I haven't heard major problems I or heard major, any. major recalls. They
2: did have a recall in the nine-speed. Okay. Yeah, but it's been fixed. Yeah. Whatever the issue was, I think it was a uh, software.
1: So, so uh, overall, fairly reliable truck. You know, not perfect. N- no truck is perfect, probably. No. Uh, but sales are b- big. And I think if they can build more frontiers, they could sell them. Um, I'm a tiny bit bummed. It's a winner in my mind. Yeah. But I'm a little bit bummed that uh, with the new transmission and the new engine, the price went up. Remember, it was the, the most affordable It was, but that was, that
2: was if you got the four-cylinder with the little king cab king cab uh, with the manual and, um, transmission. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and I agree. It and was, those things went
1: away. Yeah. I mean, the king cab is still there, yeah. but the little engine and the manual went away.
2: That's right. And it is kind of a bummer. I know a lot of you guys want manual transmissions in these trucks. I agree with you. I think that they would be a great option. Only two trucks are still being built that have manual options now. Um, But I will say this. You get, for the price, a 3.8-liter V6, which is their new one, and it is a strong powertrain. It's one of the beefier ones in its class right now. Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And it has the 9-speed automatic transmission, basically the same one that's in the Titan, very strong transmission currently. A lot of people, once they've done the update, haven't heard any additional issues. Off road, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it lends itself to so much awesomeness. You know what I mean? You could take the Nismo components and add in, and just make it a much more competent truck. The one we have in these pictures. Was from SEMA, not the ones that he has up right now, because he's looking at a Datsun EV pickup, which has <laughs> nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, no, no, wait. wait. Uh, no, your mind wandered. This no, no. one, though, in the pictures, has the Titan V8. Yes. Which and it and, and, and a it, Titan oh, axle. And a Titan axle. T-
1: Titan swapped. Awesome.
2: I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. Titan doesn't look like it's got much life left in it. I think that Nissan should make a V8 option of the Frontier available. And so you'd have the V8 and the V6. And I think that those things would sell like hot cakes, at least for now, leading up to electrification and all the other stuff that's gonna happen. Would you
1: agree? Let us know. I in, think so. In the comments They below. did it
2: to this, and it looked pretty factory, even though it wasn't. I know they had to work really hard. And to you get know it what?
1: Um, and the reason, there was a reason why I was looking at the Datsun truck, it's because affordability. Ah. That was the point I was going to say is because Nissan, yes, they're moving the frontier a little bit, you know, more power. It is going higher market. It's a little bit higher market. Not, mm-hmm. much, not no, much, not much. Not but, much. But, but but they need something underneath it to fight like the Maverick. I so agree. So that's all I'm saying. So what um, you're looking at
2: here, this Datsun EV pickup is essentially, I, I think it's the Sunny is what they call it overseas. Yep. It's similar to the 650, I think they called it here. Um, and what they did is I dropped in a Nissan Leaf powertrain, And this thing doesn't weigh anything, so it actually flies uh, according to sources. Yeah, we haven't driven it. But the cool part would be if Nissan could somehow figure out a way of coming out with a very inexpensive pickup that went underneath the Frontier and competed directly with the Maverick. And the thing is is that Nissan has so much experience. They're right up there with Toyota with pickup truck experience. There's no reason why they can't do it. Now, they do have a mock-up sketch of an electric pickup which i think is called the surf and that came out about a year ago i'd say it's cool but it's also just a pie in the sky thing i really think nissan would be best served especially nowadays with people wanting you know hybrid and electric pickups to think about that and consider doing it
1: agreed agreed but we missed one I want want to talk about this. I was
2: going to talk about that. You're right. I completely missed it. No, no,
1: no, no. It's okay. You know what reminded me, really, is the manual transmission. Yep. But uh, we're talking about Jeep as a manufacturer, Mm -hmm. and we're talking about the Gladiator. And why did we not... Why wasn't it at the top of our mind? Well, it hasn't really had anything new recently.
2: We expected something to happen this year that didn't happen, to be honest with you. I thought... And I, I suspect that part of it has to do with everything from COVID, pandemic, blah, 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 all the way over to the parts shortage and Jeep going through new management, which they essentially are with Stellantis. So I think that what we were expecting to see was a Jeep Gladiator 4xe. Had they jumped on this this past year, it would have been a plug-in hybrid powertrain, probably similar to the one that's inside the Jeep Wrangler. But they didn't do it. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I don't know.
1: It's I, it's, a, it's a tough nut to crack because yeah. a lot of so I'm I used to be split on the whole plug-in thing for pickups. Yeah, and then um, I started to be a little bit more against it. I mm. know a lot of the uh, you guys who are listening and gals uh, are for it. Yeah, uh, I am specifically for Tacoma because when when we mentioned Tacoma, which is next. Yeah. Um, A lot of people are saying, well, Toyota and others are really great at doing those things. Why don't they do a pickup? You're right. But it makes it more expensive, more heavy. Um, There's a lot of negatives that come with plug-in technologies as well. Yeah, hybrids
2: in general tend to be heavier than the, the regular internal combustion
1: versions of the truck. So anyway, but beside the point, the Gladiator, is it a winner or a loser as far as 2022 and 2023? It's a loser
2: for the most part because they did not do anything innovative or new with it, even though we were promised, by the way, by Jeep themselves, that there would be new innovations with the Gladiator. And also, here's another problem with it. Um, Brilliant off-road truck potential, but expensive truck. Now, the good news is...
1: Really expensive. Can be.
2: It it can be $60,000 plus, easily. There are a couple of positives. First of all, if you get a base model Gladiator, first of all, you can get a manual transmission only available in one other truck, a six-speed, and it's a decent six-speed. You can also get it standard, actually. You do get it with four-wheel drive and a crew cab. That's standard. Standard bed, too. There's mm-hmm. no other beds or, or… And it's a convertible. And it is a convertible. Yes. You can remove the top, which no other truck can do. And I know a lot of people take advantage of that. I have a ton of friends who own them. And a variety of different ones, too. Everything from a base model with a manual all the way up to the extremely expensive overpriced diesel, which weighs you know, more than a small planet. Yes. Yeah. But... Jeep never, just, you know, they like, uh, oh, we're not going to put that big, powerful V8 that we have available on the Wrangler. We're not going to put the two liter turbo in the Wrangler. We're not going to put the four by E system set up in the Wrangler in this either. And I think that that's a huge missed opportunity. I have a feeling it has to do with certain financial issues, but nonetheless, big loss on their behalf.
1: Well, we'll see. I mean, we have many shows coming up. We have CES, which I don't think a gladiator will come to. Unless I'm surprised. We We're have um, Chicago in February. Yes. We have work truck show in March. Mm-hmm. We have New York show in April. So... There's a lot of potential out stay there. Stay tuned. Yeah. Jeep might show something. Here. I
2: really hope they do.
1: Let's talk about Ram and Grand Wagoneer Jeep as yeah, well. Yeah, I
2: know you guys are going, what? Why isn't that on Jeep? Well, there's a good reason. First of all, Ram. Um... I haven't seen anything new come from them this year, but we obviously know what's coming very soon, and that is the Ram Revolution, which is essentially is their all-electric or potentially hybrid-powered electric vehicle. Or at least
1: range-extended.
2: Range-extended. Yeah. Yeah, we're just not 100% sure because they haven't announced, but they will at CES next month, and that's where he's going.
1: Yes. Actually, Roman and I, we're, we're a team at CES this year. I have never been to CES. Roman has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fairly, you know, excited by this. Well,
2: you're the geek in you, which is huge, I, I, I is excited. It's going to be excited. Um, and Roman likes But it's also going crowded. To, yeah, I know. But Roman likes going to Vegas for other reasons. So the point is, is that you guys are going to have an awesome time because this is going to be a big, big story. And so stay tuned. That's going to. Uh, this is less than a month from now, from the time you hear this broadcast. Just it's going to be three weeks. Yeah. So yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty good stuff, and these guys are going to cover the hell out of it. I'm kind of envious, but whatever.
1: So they did update the Grand Wagoneer this year. Um, they did the L version, which is long, which is absurdly long. Right. Um, it basically dwarfs the Suburban at this point. It is big. Uh, well, dwarfs. It's just Well, slightly, okay, it's slightly longer than yeah. the Suburban. But... Um, I'm. I'm never was in love with the styling of the Grand Wagoneer. From the side, it looks a little bit too upright, a little bit too tall.
2: I just always feel like the wheel wells look too small, and it just looks kind of spindly.
1: Yeah. So, but that's beside the point. They also gave it a Hurricane engine, which is a three-liter, twin-turbo, straight-six gas engine, straight-six, which is amazing.
2: Yes, and we're going to see this in a lot of other uh, Stellantis component vehicles in the very well, near future. I hope
1: future. so. But I've I've asked them about Ram. I said. Is this engine? Is the new Hurricane coming to the Ram? And they said no comment. Well, of course I can be- say no be- comment. Well, because they're either either is it not coming to the Ram or they're not ready to announce it, and I think it's the latter. Okay, uh, probably.
2: I would imagine it's the latter, and also on top of that, now we know this architecture is built to hook up to a hybrid system. A. And hopefully a better one than their previous hybrid system and trucks. And B, I'm hearing word that they'll also have a four-cylinder version of this powertrain. Essentially, they lobbed off two cylinders, and it's going to be a stupid powerful four-cylinder. This is what I'm hearing. But they also have their regular two-liter four-cylinder engine, which they have inside of Wranglers and certain uh, all their four-by-es use the same uh, engine as well. Now, why did we mention the uh, Wrangler? Or sorry, the Wagoneer. God, my day. Yeah. And the Grand Wagoneer, when we were talking about Ram, well, it's based on a Ram platform.
1: Yeah, they share a lot of the same frame. Uh, the Grand Wagoneer and the Wagoneer SUVs are riding on an independent rear suspension. Right. And, of course, the trucks, the Ram 1500s, are riding on a solid rear axle. Makes sense. But the rumor is, and we've seen some prototypes of the new revolution electric Ram that has an independent rear suspension, which means... Maybe they're taking some learnings that they learned at the Grand Wagoneer level and applying them to the electric truck.
2: I would imagine that is part of the case. And then on top of that, look at the competition. We know for a fact that the Lightning has four wheel independent suspension, yeah. and I do believe that the Chevy Silverado EV will have independent rear suspension yes, too. Yes, and right? the
1: Hummer EV has independent rear suspension mm-hmm. and. Uh, so does yeah the, uh, and so is Rivian really yeah
2: and if we ever see a Cybertruck, maybe that'll have independent yeah. air suspension
1: as well so yes so is it the winner or loser uh gosh I don't think the Wagoneer is the total winner um its sales are okay but I've heard from some dealership friends uh, who are selling them that they're not like selling like wildfire yeah I heard that's, that's they're not on it's fire it's not it's not on fire so it's kind of in the middle the ram trucks uh, they're good trucks. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the Hemi. Nothing wrong with the um, Hemi at all. Completely. I'm glad the Hemi is still there. Uh, but I'm glad it's there because yes. it's reliable. Yes, it is. So it's kind of spanning the center area.
2: It is. Uh, I, I do have a final comment about the Grand Wagoneer and also the Grand Cherokee. I know it's not a truck because it's, it's just you know body. But um, I think that the messaging is really muddled. When you look at all of these, the Wagoneer, the Grand Wagoneer, and then the, the Grand Cherokee and the Grand Cherokee L, and all the, it, it's too confusing. They added way too much to this stew. And I think that there too are too many ingredients. Too yeah. many ingredients. And I think yeah. it's confusing for the consumer. And their messaging is all muddled because they don't want you calling the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer a Jeep. They're Jeeps. They're well, being sold by Jeep.
1: Yeah, they're in Jeep dealerships. But, yeah. you
2: know, the, oh, the marketing's like, oh, no, no, it's not a Jeep. It's a Wagoneer. No, it's not Jeep. Okay, so let's move on. That's easy to harp on. Um, so on this list, we would be remiss not to mention Rivian.
1: It, they do have a pickup. They with do. a bed,
2: And I think it's kind of brilliant. It's not perfect. <laughs> not by any means. Uh, Neither is the company. And you can read a lot about that. But um, it's a hell of a first- effort. If you think about where Tesla was the first time they tried a vehicle, it was kind of crap. And if you look at a lot of the other automakers out there, this first foray into electrified pickup trucks was an excellent job.
1: And it's a new company, like you said. It's, you know, we say, oh, do this, do that. It's easy. It's not easy to start a company uh, of this scale because you have to have factories, you have to have distribution centers, service centers, Technology, you have, to, you have to comply with all the regulations around the world, in not just in the United one States. Country.
2: It's particularly hard, it's one of the hardest in the world to, yeah. to get these vehicles certified.
1: Yeah, so uh, kudos to Rivian. Um, we, you know, drove the SUV version of it. We I haven't drove...
2: driven that, but I did drive the pickup and I, I thought it was outstanding. Yeah,
1: not and perfect. Not not perfect. I mean, old vehicles have quirks and mm. some recalls, and, and the, of course the Rivian also has had some recalls. Right, but it's a, it's a really good vehicle. Um, I wish they sold more. They are on target, I believe, to sell 25,000 of these this year, Okay, uh, which is kind of lower from their original expectations, but nonetheless, it's better than the Hummer (laughs) that sold under 1,000. Yeah, and these things have
2: been around long enough now to where we have friends of TFL who have driven these things around, towed with them for very long distances, and we're getting a lot of feedback based on that, and a lot of it's very positive, so... Um, it, I would call it the winner. Actually, I, I would say it's a it, with a
1: caveat. Sell, produce sell more. more.
2: That's a, that's the biggest produce
1: thing. Produce more. Prove to us that you can manufacture them in scale.
2: Yeah, and and then the R1S. Well, I mean, it's it, how do I it's put it? It's
1: a fancy. You know what it looks like? It okay. looks like a Grand Wagoneer in some ways,
2: but better. I but think but it's, yeah, I think it's but better well,
1: slightly better proportion probably. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
2: Proportions are better. That's exactly it. So uh, it, it's, I think it's at least visually. And a, another an way winner. they can
1: improve, and um, I, I just saw RJ Skaringa's um, Instagram post. Uh-huh. He's the CEO of Rivian. Um, they're developing, they're testing, not developing, testing their dual motor setups. Because these, these current trucks are four motor setups. Right. Um, and dual motors will still have one motor in the front, one in the rear. But it's going to be more affordable. And less power, which is, I think, all of us are looking for. We can't spend $90,000 on That's a truck. That's the
2: problem. I mean, really, they start at, what, about seventy? Yeah.
1: But, but realistically, they're up there. There are a lot of people so, out
2: there who would much rather a, a truck be, I don't know, competitive with a regular gas-powered truck. So th- this dual-motor option, which still sounds like it's going to be pretty powerful, will give you guys, hopefully, a lot more truck for a lot less money, or maybe the other way around. It's hard to think about what they would actually do. But honestly, we don't know what they're going to charge for it. So we'll have to wait and see. Yes, there are a lot of other uh, truck manufacturers out there. But right now, until I see a product that we can drive, as far as I'm concerned, they're vaporware.
1: Lordstown is one of them. They announced a beginning of production and sale, but we haven't seen it. Um, We haven't tested one. We requested one a long time ago. Uh, There's no answer. So so until we actually can put our hands on a production truck, yeah, uh, we're, we're not going to discuss that's it further.
2: It. Yeah, that's it. But what we will discuss Finally, is Toyota.
1: Yes. Uh, we had a lot of experience recently with Toyota. We've had the Sequoia. We've had Tacoma. We have the Tundra experience. Right. Uh, many, many thousands of miles. Um, where should we start? Tundra? Yeah, if you want Tundra. to start with losers. Tundra. Tundra. So, uh, ooh, ouch. So um, it's been on sale for about a year. Uh, really uh, the sales of, of the Tundra are finally up to the pre-generation switch levels Right. so they used to sell about 10,000 a month now they're back at that point point. and can they grow past that point maybe slightly right but I don't see them taking over Ram no. or Chevy I, or Ford no they,
2: they built the truck with a really good powertrain I want to get that right out there I, I think that the powertrains are brilliant and there are two there's the hybrid and there's the regular twin turbo charged V6 um, Hell of a move, a bold move to make. Um, Very athletic vehicle in that respect. Not exactly something I'd want to take off-road, but it can tow very well. And some of the tech inside of it's quite good, and some of it isn't.
1: So here's what I've been thinking about this really, really hard recently. And I think what Toyota did was they've built a better Tundra for Toyota fans and enthusiasts. Yes. And I think... I mean, it's usually a good idea to play to your audience, right? If you have an audience like Toyota, um, there's no question they're one of the biggest manufacturers in the world. Right. Um, Play to your audience. But did they do enough to really, like, lead a class in any category and take away from Ram and take away from Chevy and take away from some others? Um,
2: Nothing's class leading. as far. I mean, nothing uh, of note is really class leading in terms of this new truck. Now I know that a lot of you are like, but well, it's going to be a Toyota. It's going to be reliable." You might be right, and I hope so because that would really, you know, the whole mythos of Toyota—it's right there. Now, what some of you may not see is that to- uh, there's the Toyota Trail Hunter concept that we saw at SEMA that Andre did a whole story on, and that should have come out the day the Tundra came out.
1: That should have led with this.
2: They should have led with this and really? just said, "This is our. This is it. This is the best we've got, and then everything else is sub." vehicle because it has a few things that it desperately needs to be a little bit more off-road worthy.
1: A little bit more payload, they're promising, uh, right. better suspension lift, uh, steel bumpers, front and rear.
2: Are those tool hooks that might be uh, incorporated? In the yes.
1: Front? A winch, ability to put a winch in there.
2: I know it sounds like I'm nitpicking and I've said it many times, but the fact is, is that, that there are only truck maker out there that don't have that and it's an issue. A lot of us agree. Um so, so Tacoma, Tacoma, let's let's
1: move on to Tacoma. Tacoma is wildly successful in sales. I to a point where I'm struggling to explain because they have their customer and okay. they're selling every truck they build.
2: Yeah, I know a lot of t- uh, like Tacoma guys who owned a 2015 are buying the brand new one, you know, or that type of thing. They're just sticking with it, and rightfully so in some cases because it's still known to be a bulletproof truck. They're very handsome. They're extremely capable off-road. They're really just a good all-around truck, but they really don't do anything—honestly, anything—that's better than any truck they compete against. And by next year, they're going to be way behind the eight ball when it comes to overall performance and capability. When we when it comes to these new trucks that are coming out.
1: Yeah, that we mentioned already. That's right. Um, I think the Tacoma, like you said, um, solid truck all the way around. But the powertrain, especially at high elevations here in Colorado. Is something to be you know, it could be smoother. It could be more powerful. The three point five liter sometimes can't find its right gear Mm -hmm. um, at higher elevations, and that's not great. It's it's an adventure truck. It is. Um, So so there is a lot of caveats. I don't fit very well inside of it. Neither neither do I. Um, So it's still a success for me. It spans the uh, winner and loser. It's in somewhere in between. Well, it's a su- success based on the fact that it's a success. Well, it's it's, it's that's what it makes it dwarfs good. every other truck in sales in its segment. Yeah, it's maybe two to one, or more. Um, but it could be better. It Could
2: and be a lot better. Toyota knows this, and we've been doing several stories, especially recently, on what's coming next. And the next Tacoma is going to be a very different beast. We think.
1: Yeah, and we have some unofficial information. The next Tacoma will have only turbocharged power. Mm-hmm. It will have a hybrid. Yep. Um, so they are changing it. And I think they're using the philosophy from the Tundra, except I hope they hit some of those high points that we talked about. Um, or maybe Trail Hunter should be the first Tacoma they show. It would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so we do expect an all-new
2: Tacoma to come possibly 2024.
1: Yeah, and we expect it to be unveiled in 2023. Yes. So that's our hope. That's our hope. I wanted to mention one more Toyota, though,
2: because it gets a lot of love and hate, and I think it deserves both. And I also think it's a hell of an effort. Um, my favorite new Toyota uh, truck is the Sequoia. Hmm. It's, it's not perfect. Not at all. But nor am I. Uh, it's, I know, it's hard to believe. <laughs> the Toyota Sequoia is an excellent execution on a conundrum that they had, whether or not to discontinue the Sequoia as it was because the sales were poor and it was expensive to build and it just essentially had some problems. And they were able to continue building the Sequoia by simply saying, okay, we're going to take a Tundra, shorten it, and put a family cab on top of it, and boom, we got a Sequoia. And that's exactly what they did. But here's the cool part. Yeah? You get standard a twin-turbocharged V6, 10-speed automatic transmission, and a hybrid powertrain to boot. And that's standard. Every single Sequoia has that, and I think that's a brilliant move. So that, in my mind right there, is the winner also, personally speaking. Mm-hmm. I think it's way better looking, way better looking than its brother, the Tundra. So that, that I is agree. My, that's the, the, my personal opinion.
1: Yeah, the front end, I agree with you. The Sequoia is... It's almost like the Tundra should take the Sequoia face and just (laughs) run away with it.
2: But the proportions, everything works, especially on the TRD model that we had recently. I thought it was just a brilliant-looking vehicle. Yes, the interior is not as comfortable as some of the competitors or as roomy. As a matter of fact, we found out that the square footage for cargo is actually less than the old Forerunner. Kid you not. We have a video on comparing the two.
1: Yeah, so... It spans both categories, winner and loser, the Sequoia. There's a lot of great stuff. Um, it's way better efficiency than the old Sequoia oh, the V8. Oh, yeah. so, But it's not, once again, class-leading. Nope. If, um, it's
2: close with towing, though. It's oh, yeah. pretty to- high. Yeah, Actually, it,
1: they improved towing on it quite, uh, a, quite a lot. Yes. It does have a rear solid axle. Actually, the Sequoia was one of the first to have independent rear suspension, and now, and now they switch back to the solid rear axle. And,
2: and once again, that's to make it's for economy uh, for Toyota altogether, because it's built essentially next to its brother, and they share a lot of the same At components. At the same plant. Right. So why have an independent rear suspension that's only available for one vehicle? It's a lot less expensive to have it this way, which makes total sense.
1: Yes. So, it's not perfect. and um, I wish they would add another powertrain, mm-hmm. like kind of a base, more efficiency-minded powertrain, mm. because General Motors has a diesel, right? Um, and I know you would say, why doesn't Toyota sell a diesel? There are many reasons oh, against it, God, regula- yeah. regulatory reasons mostly, because it's really difficult and expensive to approve right. a new diesel uh, because of some problems that happened before. So, uh, is it a total win or no? in my mind is it a total loser no no it's not a loser. so I,
2: I and i think it's more winner than loser by far um there's it's still such a solid idea and there's so much potential with it if you have a family of very tall people and you want to put tall people in the third row you're going to be out of luck but,
1: but if, if you have a family of five
2: oh yeah this is a great vehicle or little kids in the family of seven i know some of you guys reproduce at a high rate the other thing about this vehicle which I find extraordinary is the fact that its overall proportions, if you were to look at it, it's a lot smaller than the Tundra. It's actually not big. I thought it would be bigger, like a lot bigger than the former uh, Sequoia. And it's no, really not. No, no, it's not. So they managed to get a good packaging in this vehicle. And if you're willing to overlook some of its issues, I think, and I like the way it handles. I like the way it handles. Yeah, lot. yeah, the
1: ride is good. The ride is quite um, good. The, the ride is good. And the TRD Pro model with Fox shocks is quite good mm-hmm. on gravel roads. Right. It, it struggles for clearance. So mm-hmm. maybe a trail hunter, if they ever do that, um, I have no idea. Because, that, wouldn't that be awesome? Because also supposedly, unofficially, the Land Cruiser is returning. So the Land Cruiser could play in the same area with the Sequoia playing,
2: which is what it needs to do because we've already proven that the Sequoia really is a serious off or even in TRD uh, Pro. Pro, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so there you have
2: it. There you go. So there's our list. I know we uh, rattled on for a while, guys, but uh, we want you to let us know in the comments below what you think about the winners and losers.
1: Yeah, I, I know you have you share some of the same opinions as us, but sometimes you don't. Yes, exactly. And we like that. So. I appreciate it.
2: All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see you next time.
1: Thank you.